Jalen Williams of the Oklahoma City Thunder, and you're listening to the Film Down Hoops Podcast. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another edition of Boomtown Hoops Podcast. I am Steven, and boy, do we have uh, a crew here with us tonight. We've got the, the full allotment. Everybody's here. We've got Cade. We've got Jackson. We've got Josh. We've got Evan. Evan's feeling a little uh, a little sad tonight. We just, uh, uh, KU just, just I won't. I won't say blew it because uh, I mean, no, you can say that. It's okay. 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 <laughs> we're, we were doing some uh, thunder scouting for for Saint Presti of uh, Grady Dick. So there we go. We'll just run with that. So jumping right into this, um, boys. It was a great three game stretch for the Thunder. Um, you know, Thursday starting off uh, one thirty three to one fourteen win at the Seventy Sixers, um, and you know, K just you know just just take it from here man honestly this might i don't know i don't think this is a hot take i think this game is better than the celtics game i think this might be our most complete game of the season for the simple fact that if you look at that celtics game everything goes right for the thunder and everything goes wrong for the celtics this is a game where the thunder just really beat their opponent um a full healthy 76er squad just beat them on the road in a game that kind of gave us some momentum heading into a potential play-in run now so um obviously sga with a very efficient 37 um josh giddy 20 points on 50 percent shooting um two things you have to see there's that kind of sparked them playing really well together consistently. Um, they already were before, but they have not stopped since then. Um, on the on the flip side, Embiid still got 30 and 10, and you're able to beat that team by, what is that, 19 points. So, I mean, just overall good good game, beating a good team, uh, something you'll have to see on the road. Yeah, and then moving right back to the second out of the back-to-back, a 124-110 win at Chicago uh josh are are you thinking billy donovan's wanting to switch rosters right now with this absolutely um yeah i mean just uh you know he left the thunder because he essentially didn't want to be part of the rebuild but then goes to the bulls and um, could potentially be part of their rebuild or i don't know i've heard he might be getting fired but i'm not 100 sure on that but um i think just another really really good road win for the thunder um josh giddy having a double double um i think 25 points 10 boards but um, really, no, I thought the Thunder were just in control for most of this game. Um, it's interesting how Darius Baisley played. Again, I thought he had a, a really good game. Uh, Santa Clara Williams dropped 22 points. Um, I mean, in the third quarter, the Bulls, you know, they make a little bit of a push. But then the Thunder, you know, just closed the game out. Um, SGA had a really good game, scored 21. And um, I find it interesting how in this road stretch, he beat his first two coaches. He beat Doc Rivers on the road and then beat Billy Donovan Friday. So um, I'm really impressed with the way the Thunder is playing right now, and hopefully they can keep getting wins. Did, did anybody else's heart, like, skip a beat when Giddy closed that one out with the Dirk one-legged fadeaway shot? That was like, <laughs> whoa. Like, I mean, you're, you're just seeing this guy getting more confidence every game, and that was just like, holy cow. Like, you, you used to him, uh, used to him hitting the spot-up three here and there, making some plays, like driving downhill, but not used to seeing him hit the turnaround shot like that. That was That was something else. That's more impressive than him shooting four or four from three. I mean, that's an impressive shot for him to hit, especially with his mechanics. Yeah, and then closing out the last little bit of this road trip, a 112-102 win against the Nets. And I, I was listening to the radio, I think it was yesterday. They actually said this was 10 straight wins for the Thunder in the Brooklyn, New York area. So, like, Jackson, that's that, that's pretty big. I, I know Kevin Durant was out, but overall that's still a pretty good win, right? Oh, for sure. We own the Big Apple. That's what I would say. 
um, yeah, it was quite the performance from our backcourt, both Giddy and SGA with 28. And I think this is the first time all year you can say that for back-to-back games, Shea wasn't the best player on the team um, because Giddy played phenomenally against the Bulls and then turned around and came up and put 28-9-9 on the Nets. Um, he's come on in a way that I think a lot of us were hoping for. We weren't quite sure you know, what to expect with the, the backcourt combination, um, but it seems like they've kind of found their groove together over this stretch. And I, you can't be happier if you're a Thunder fan. I mean, got good minutes from Bays, um, and just all around. I mean, it was one of those. It was close throughout. It was kind of the typical Thunder game from this season. Got down in points, kept it close throughout, and then that run in the fourth quarter. And you know, how? What else do you want? I mean, it was fun. Just absolute fun basketball. Yeah, I mean, you take. Um in that last game and really all three games like this team takes punches on the road from three veteran teams two of them for sure playoff teams and one of them in the bulls who who want to be a playoff or at least a play-in team at this point and they respond every time i mean the sixers game coming out of halftime the sixers immediately tied the game and it felt like okay like like this is it like thunder played well sixers are gonna kind of pull away from here and they didn't and then against Chicago, it's kind of the same story. Like the Bulls get hot in the second quarter and the Thunder just really stay the ship. And then in Brooklyn, it's like, that's a schedule loss. Like that's three games and four nights. Is that what we were on? Four, four games? And so it, it was the end of a, of a long road trip and the end of a long stretch of games. Like even for a young team, that's a scheduled loss. I don't care if they're missing Kevin Durant, they're missing Ben Simmons. And it's impressive to to show up the way they did. I mean, Jalen Williams didn't play well offensively. You have guys like Lou Dort stepping up and making shots. The always reliable Isaiah Joe stepping up and making shots. It's just been, it's been a heck of a week if you're a Thunder basketball fan, man. Well, and, and I think too, I think I heard this on the radio too. Like I think Isaiah Joe in the last like 30 games or something like that, he, or 30 days, something like that. He's, he's shooting 50, 40, 90. And I, I that just says like I, I don't know that just says something huge about not only him but I mean like Sam Presti too obviously. Yeah, yeah that's I mean, magic right there. Yeah, I mean, he, getting Joe for literally giving up not we we have assets, you know, coming out of our ears and yet we get Isaiah Joe for nothing. I mean, just you know, I I don't know which time we beat the Sixers is worse when we beat him on the court or when we took Isaiah Joe from him. That's all. I thought it was awesome when uh, Isaiah Joe hit the dunk and then the Philly crowd just booed and went crazy on him. I thought that was that was so fun to watch. He was due for a revenge game. He just was yep. due for it. You know, Philly he, fan. he's not quite doing it, but in the month of January, Josh Giddy is is threatening a 50, 40, 90 month right now. He is averaging 20 points a game, shooting 93% from the free throw line. 52% from the field and 37 and a half percent from three on, on four attempts a game. So like actual, like not crazy volume, but not, not nothing. So, I mean, Joe, you expect that from, because the guy's just an unreal shooter and just the longer, like I'm more surprised than not when he misses a shot at this point, I don't care what the actual percentages say. Like, I just think that dude's making it every time, but like Giddy, it's just been unbelievable how well he he's played uh, offensively <laughs> this month. I mean, truly. I mean, kind of, kind of like Joe. You know, his misses look good. I mean, they come off the rim, the rim so soft, like they just look like you know he's he's a capable shooter. Josh Giddy's kind of had that same look recently. I mean, he's not 
airballing three feet to the right. Like we've seen some low lights of last season. So, I mean, it kind of feels like, you know, he just has that touch and what it takes to be, become a solid shooter. Thank you, Chip England, number one. Yes, big thank you. But, I mean, yeah, guys, I mean, like, just talking about this team, because we were talking about this kind of before we got started recording, it's just like, this team is, as we record this right now, Tuesday night, uh, the, the team's only a half game out of the playoffs and could be tied with Portland if Portland loses uh, tonight. So, I mean, like, Evan, I mean, just, like, talk about, I mean, you know, you've got, and heck, half the team hasn't even it seemed like they haven't played in about three months is what it feels like. I mean, Jang hasn't been out there. Uh, Poku, JRE. I mean, the, just the list goes on and on of guys that haven't had Chet literally at all. This haven't season. Had Chet. God, <laughs> how do I forget that? But I mean, like just talk about that of just like what that truly means that this team is like putting it together without so many of these pieces. I mean, what it is is truly impressive that they're able to play the kind of defense that they are without any, interior presence like they Kenrich Williams Darius Baisley Mike Muscala like those are your options on Embiid I know he has 30 but like it wasn't a dominant take over the game 30 it was like Embiid shoots a million free throws in the fourth quarter as the Sixers try and will their way back into the game like their defense has just been so impressive and part of that is of course they've got a lot of like-sized guys on the wing that can make up for for not a lot of size down low, but I've just been, been so impressed with this team, the way they show up ready to play like most every night, the only game since we flipped to 2023, that's been truly disappointing was the Orlando game, but you understood it. They put up 150 against Boston. They traveled to Orlando less than 24 hours uh, between games and just have like the highest of highs. So you, you can kind of see that coming for any team, especially a young team, but it, it, it's been unbelievable how well and how consistent they've been playing. I mean, Jalen Williams talked about that was their first real back-to-back -back where they leave at and they're traveling in the plane at 3 a.m. and checking at the hotel at 4 a.m. And, you know, just the first real back-to-back. -back. So it is completely understandable why you lose that game. Go ahead, Jackson. You're going to chime in. I was going to the, to the J-Dub interview yeah. um, where he said that with the Orlando game. that, And, you know, we'll take it. I mean, 2023 has been – unbelievable for this team and you know I'm, I'm good with you know you have a stinker every once in a while they're a young team they're going to but for the most part like just remain competitive night in and night out is what you want to see and right, we're just doing a phenomenal job of that mm -hmm. I mean th this month the Thunder are third in the NBA in net rating guys third in the NBA in net rating behind the Grizzlies and the Nuggets the Thunder have a plus 10.8 net rating this month in eight games. And even if you take it back a little further, their last 15 games, they're sixth in the NBA in net rating. Like, like this team, I'm sorry, fifth, this team is playing ball and it's not, it's not just a fluky week, not a fluky two weeks. Like they're running on about six weeks of playing like actual legitimate winning and play in caliber basketball. Dare I say. Coach Dagnall or, or Preston, I can't remember exactly which one was said it. Um, they said you need 30 games of a sample size before something is there. And and before too long, we're going to be at the 30 game sample size of them being bringing effort every night. Not saying that they're here or having an arrival, but like where we're consistently seeing effort. And I'll bring it back to like you said, their defense has been impressive without having a big man. I think it all just comes back to effort. And I always I always take this conversation back to Trey Mano last year where he kind of got challenged to like, OK, you're not the best defender. 
Um, you're not the strongest, but you can be scrappy. You can bring energy. And he brought that energy. And I feel like that kind of has transferred into this season for everyone. Everyone's just scrappy, you know, energetic. You always see them rotating. It seems like they don't really miss rotations. And if they do, they're making up for it with the third rotation. So, I mean, just the energy there, it's infectious. And it's why they're fun to watch and, you know, winning the way they are. And I think a, a real big part of that is when your best player is buying in the way defensively, like mm-hmm. like Shea is this season. I mean, we all know m- most blocks by a guard in the NBA. What is it? I, I think I think he's still at a, more than a steal, more than a block, or if he's not, he's close. I haven't looked at his numbers for a little bit, but like that quietly that that's gone under the radar because of how good offensively he's been like rightfully so he's been unbelievable offensively but his defense was a problem last year like I think we all knew it but nobody really cared like Mm -hmm. I I didn't care you shouldn't care why did we like we were losing we wanted to lose it who cares but it's been great to see him come back with uh, a fire on that end and and that is going to to lead all those other young guys to to do the same thing I'm not saying any names but uh, um Houston um but anyways (laughs) Culture does matter, and it is set from the top to the bottom, and the Thunder just have that. One through 15, everyone is bought in, or I should say 17, because two-way contracts, but, like, one through 17, everyone's bought in. The coaching staff is bought in. Like, just everything, everything is contributing to this winning, unlike Houston. Yeah, and then, so, like, you know, as we, you know, kind of talk about it, obviously, you know, talk just touched on real briefly, making a run at the playoffs. Like I'm just gonna just real quick, just each to you know each one of you guys. I'll I'll just start with Evan. Um, do you think a yes or no, and then a short explanation why? Yes or um, do you think we are actually going to make a push for the playoffs based on how everything is at this moment? Okay, clarification: playoffs as in a top six seed, or playoffs as in just making the play in round? Making the play, and we'll we'll go with that. Just go for postseason, now. yeah. Postseason, yeah. okay. Yeah, postseason okay. Postseason in general. I, I do definitely think they're they're going to make a run at the plan. I mean, you, you said we're, we're half a game back of Portland right now, and half a game back of Portland is half a game back of the Jazz and T-Wolves, 8-8 eight, eight through 10 as well. It's jumbled up, and the Thunder have the easiest remaining schedule in the Western Conference. Yeah, um, I agree. I mean, I definitely think the Thunder is going to make a push for the plan. I mean, heck, we're only a game and a half outside of the actual playoffs at the sixth seed. Um, I mean, and you look at teams like, you know, as close between like us, Minnesota, Utah, you know, even teams like Phoenix or Phoenix is struggling too. I think Utah's going to fall off a little bit, but um, I definitely could see us making a playing tournament and I hope we do. I'm also going to go with yes. And I'm going to bring my hot take that I was saving for later. And it's a very semi hot take, but I think you bring at least one move in to help you win, whether that is a 10 day contract and you do that twice until we get Poku back, which I just want to mention this. We were talking about making the plan, and I think it was Bobby who said we need Poku back. And we had a little bit of a moment of this is something we did not ever imagine we would be saying intentionally with, like, he's playing well. But anyways, yeah, I think you make some kind of minor move, even if it's a couple 10 days until we get Poku back or our size back. You know, just a few moves to maybe look at someone who might be a backup next season or anything. I think you make a small move to, you know, help you win and make eventually the plan. Reverse psychology. I've been saying no the whole time. I'm going to keep saying no because every time I go pessimistic, we come out and we play phenomenal basketball. So I'm going to go no, sort of. I think we have a really good shot. I think it's going to come down to us and probably the Jazz and the Timberwolves. Um, I think Phoenix is going to figure their stuff out and they're going to move up. Um, yeah, they'll, and they'll get they'll healthier. Kind of yeah, once they say when they get Booker back, you know, CP3 starts playing more minutes. I, I think Phoenix, without a doubt, is going to move up. 
um, you got to figure the Lakers at some point are going to get enough help from the league to, uh, you know, get, you know, they're not, are they going to keep LeBron out of the playoffs? I, you know, so I, you'd think they probably end up there, you know, maybe LeBron ends up coming to OKC and playing, you know, Russell Westbrook against Shea. You, you never know. I think, I, I honestly, I think with the way we're playing right now, as long as we stay healthy, we've got a shot. That's the big thing is we've got to stay healthy because an injury to SGA or Giddy kind of feels like it would be a nail in the coffin. Um, if it's any substantial amount of time, you know, two, three games will be all right. But, you know, if it's a month, I think we might be toast. But um, just as long as we stay healthy, Lakers. keep playing good. Yeah, I was just going right. to say, I want to chime in with the Lakers talk while you're on the, on the topic. If LeBron stays healthy and nothing, you know, like no rest games at all, he could set the record for, you know, most points in the NBA ever against the Thunder on, I think it's February 7th. So that's kind of on brand. <laughs> you know, I, I had never considered the possibility of the Thunder hosting LeBron James, Russell Westbrook, and Anthony Davis in a playing game until you kind of threw that out there, Jackson. But that that would be a heck of a return to the playoff scene for the Thunder. But, you know, outside of the easiest schedule, the obvious reason why they have a chance outside of schedule and where they're at right now, they still play the Jazz four times, and they still play the Suns either three or four times. I can't remember. Like, they've played the T-Wolves a million times. We all know that. I still think they have two against the Blazers. Like, they they play these teams. I don't think they played the Warriors at all. They have games left against the Clippers, which, by the way, the real dream scenario is we jump the Clippers and bump the Clippers completely out of everything, and then we make the play-in, we pick-swap them, and we profit. We get both. That's double profit. Win-win. Uh, speaking of win-wins, it kind of reminds me a lot of the 2020 season where we had nothing to lose. We lose, oh, well, the rebuild already started. We win, cool, we get a fun season. I think that's where we're at now in the opposite end of the system. That's why I feel like it's kind of a, a rival in some some scenarios. is because, like, the, the 2020 season, it was, like, no chance of the playoffs. Oh, whatever, we wrote them off, and they won. Kind of like this season, like, okay, we can lose, but we don't need to lose. And as we talked about, like before, if you're not one or two, which for us we'd really only benefit from being the top in the draft, it doesn't really matter where you land as long as it's within the top, within the top 20. I mean, you can get the same capable players. We have assets. We can move up if we need to. And also, like, all of our picks can't Four play. Four first-round picks next year. Four. Exactly. And we can't play all of them. We don't have room for all of them. I, do we even have room for two of them? I don't know what that looks like next season. So that's kind of where I'm in on my sense of, like, making a somewhat now, small win-now move is because we have those four draft picks next year. Do we need all those assets? I don't know. We can weigh some. We can spill some. I don't care. Yeah, I think if you're talking about the the draft picks, like a win now move that drastic, in my in in my eyes, I'm still probably just waiting and letting it play out. Either you move up in this draft, you trade for a player with with those picks uh, in the off season, whether it's one pick and a player or multiple picks and a player for something more substantial. I don't know, but I I'd be pretty surprised if any move of that magnitude was made at the deadline. I I think. Presti is going to let this team declare themselves and keep declaring themselves and nothing more. I, I don't think he's going to add anything too substantial to the group. That That's my, that's my opinion. My take on the picks is I'd rather someone get greedy and really, really want somebody in this draft and they don't have the spot to do it. Like, you know, say a Lakers, you know, just pit, pawn away, like give us your 2027 pick and have one of ours for this year. So that whenever we are in 2026 and, oh, we could use an extra star, we have extra picks to do so. And it kind of helps them on their timeline if they really need a young guy to come help the locker room or anything. Whatever they need, 
they can have. And I, it's not just them. Any other team that needs it, just kind of trade away some of our now picks for the future and just keep our stockpile moving forward. I just don't want to be a Celtics, if that makes sense. Like, they kind of just wasted a ton of draft picks that they could have used for anything else. Yeah, I, I think it would be a very thunder move to keep kicking those down the line. Like, mm-hmm. like obviously, they, they traded for picks that were way down the line to begin with. We've only used one Clippers pick. Think about how long ago that that trade yep. was. I think I was watching Stranger Things season three, pre-COVID, uh, when that happened, like at two o'clock in the morning, that, that's how long yep. ago that that initial Paul George trade happened. So they still have a ton of those picks on the table, obviously. And then like the Sixers pick is far down the line. They they moved the heat pick from 23 to I think either 25 or 26 for it to be unprotected. Like, I think you will see moves like that to keep kicking it down the line, too. At that point, when we made that trade, those those years didn't seem real. I mean, those seem so far out. And the fact that we're kind of hitting them is crazy. But yeah, I agree. I think he keeps just kicking them down and keeping our stockpile moving forward for the eventual big trade that brings in Wemby when he's disgruntled in whatever town he's in. So guys, I, I think almost everybody talked about him or at least briefly touched on him. Darius Basley, uh, someone that we've kind of been down on lately. I mean, I, you know, really hasn't been playing. So, uh, Jackson, hop in here real quick. I mean, just like, and and I'm about to do a whole switcheroo on what I'm about to do here, but like, just, uh, just, I mean, like, he's been a lot better, right? Yeah, I, you go back to the last two episodes, and everyone, you know, talking about trading Basley and trading Basley and trading Basley. While I'm sitting here talking about trading Dort, you know, this is like you guys. I I saw the Bas Basasans coming. You know, <laughs> I can't I can't say that. Um, but no, I mean, he's played really good basketball. The, the basically of the last couple of games is the basically that we've all wanted to see and we've seen in flashes. Um, but he's fulfilling a role that has been needed with, you know, the lack of size we have currently, he's stepped in, he's played well. Um, he's been great on the role and he's played well defensively. I, I don't think you could ask for much more from Bays. If this level of basically continues, I think it's something that, could be crucial down the stretch if he doesn't get moved before then. Presley um, could use you know this time as a you know hey everyone look at Basley see he's not what he was earlier trade him but if he sticks around and you know this could be a role that he has going forward because without Chet at the end of the day unless we make some sort of move you know we're we're not going to have much size and he you know he could stretch the floor in a different way than some of the other guys we have so I. Yeah, Jackson, I agree with you. Um, I mean, Baisley, obviously, he's played really well these past three games. Um, I mean, if if you do want to trade him, I mean, your his stock is going way up. But also, I mean, he could be a really good player off the bench, and he starts sometimes. Um, but. I've been really impressed with Baisley, um, especially against the Nets, you know, some of the shots that he's hit. But, um, yeah, I definitely think it's great seeing Baisley playing the way he's been playing. I'll stay away from the trade propaganda, but I will say this is him, I feel like, kind of pitching himself to the Thunder, being like, I can play within the system. I can be here. I can be what you need. And it kind of even felt like that in his postgame when he said, it's not about me. I mean, between the DNPs, we had some two-minute – intervals of minutes that he got in garbage time where it felt like this is all about him and he's going to get the rebound and go take a lip or force something that doesn't need to be forced. 
and we didn't see that. And it kind of feels like he's just playing for his position with the Thunder. And like like uh, Jackson mentioned, we are going to need that whenever next season when you say Chet, Chet's in foul trouble, we need him to be a bench reinforcer, maybe an energy guy, maybe like a Hamidou Diallo come in and get a crazy cool dunk and bring the energy in. But like just essentially, I feel like he's playing for his Thunder life here and the Thunder probably will have no issue moving on from him. So, I mean, it is up to him to not be bipolar, you know, take the DNPs, not personally. And there's just a lot of talent on this team and he's going to have to keep his head up and grind and find his way back onto the court or find his way elsewhere in good spirits. So, I mean, if realistically, if what he wants is to be moved, he's a clutch athlete, he's going to get moved. Yeah. And I, I've been impressed with, with what he's done the last couple of games. Like think about that Bulls game. He, he kind of, he kind of saved that game the thunder when things were kind of spiraling a little bit he was one of the guys that came in and made some plays and kind of calmed things down and if you would have asked me two weeks ago if Baisley was capable of that I would have said of, of course not I mean this is a guy they they beat the Celtics 150 to 117 Baisley is a minus seven in the box score nobody else like I know single game plus minus is a noisy stat it's a crappy stat but sometimes it, it can prove a pretty good point when you're a minus seven and only Mike Muscala is even close to you at plus three. Everybody else is plus double digits. Like you were a problem in that game. And then now we're a couple of weeks later and the guys put together a couple of really good games. Now I'm skeptical. It's going to continue. And I think my personal hope would be that this uh, perhaps expands the trade market a bit for Baisley, because I, mm-hmm. I just don't think he's a long-term fit here. Like the Thunder need guys who can play in in their style of catch the ball, shoot, pass, cut, catch the ball, shoot, pass, cut, unless you're Shea. Like Baisley just doesn't really fit that style. He, he would be really good with fellow clutch client LeBron James, where he can play defense, get rebounds, maybe make a corner three. Like I, I just don't think he's long for this team, but I've been very, very happy with, with what he's done this last week for sure. Well, Evan, it's very funny that you mention uh, that because I've got some trades for you guys. Um, so really, Cade brought this to my attention, so I'll give Cade some credit on this one. Uh, Kyle Kuzma tweeted out the uh, OKC going nuts uh, earlier this week. So had to bring to you guys some Kyle Kuzma trades. So Is this unf- week three in a row of trades? Uh, uh, trade packages? Two? Yeah, yeah, second week. So okay. Um, this might be a reoccurring thing until the deadline might keep getting more fun and fun. So the first one I have for you guys is, and and the reason why I'm including Jackson's favorite player on this is just to make the money work. So, but first one is, and I'll kind of let you guys discuss this one. Um, Kyle Kuzma and Rui Hachimura for Lou Dort and Darius Baisley. In a heartbeat. In a heartbeat, I don't think Washington would do it, but in a heartbeat, um, I just I think Bay is the worst player in that trade by far, and I think Lou is probably he's he's probably the second best player in the trade, but it depends on what Lou Dort you're getting. So yes, from a Thunder perspective, in a heartbeat, I just I don't it's, I don't think the Lizards would would do it. It's about time for them to tear it down, though. Um, they're just going to be in the midland forever. It's if they been don't. it's been time. It's been time. It's it'll been never, time. It'll they never are, actually be time. They're they're not getting that signal, uh, obviously, but they need to. This maybe is it. Maybe let Dort shoot twenty shots a game on your team for the rest of the season. Um, sit Bradley Bill out until they can come to a trade and have him waive his no trade clause or something. They need to do something. 
Um, but in terms of the trade package, I like it. I think if you can find a way to get the Wizards to do it, do it. I think it kind of evens out in the terms of like production of what we're going to get. I think Hachimura is a good bench guy for us. Um, obviously, Kuz would take that starting spot from Lou Dort. So I think roster-wise, culture-wise, we could probably make it work and we get rid of Baisley, which is something I've been looking forward to. I'd cut my eyes out. I had to watch Lou Dort take 20 shots a game. That's that's fair, but just don't tune into the Wizards and let them let let them happily lose and finally get into but they're my lo- a spot to get a pick. They're my local TV market. I don't have a choice. That's what that's what league passes for. That's what league passes for. Go for it, Josh. What do you say that? Oh, sorry. No, you're good. Um, yeah, I mean, I think it would be a good trade for the Thunder. Um, I mean, you'd get Kyle Kuzma. Um, like Cade said, you know, he would take Dort's spot. And if Dort goes to the Wizards, he gets to shoot a lot more and uh, carry the ball more than he does with the Thunder. Um, and, I mean, you get rid of Bays and just – I think it would be Thunder. But, like I said, I, I don't know if Washington would do it. I'm saying no. I'm not doing this if I'm the Thunder. I, I We talked about their defense earlier, and I think Lou Dort at the point of attack on this defense is a big reason why their defense is what it is, which is one of the top 10 defenses in the NBA as the youngest roster in the NBA. Like, I, I'm not completely anti-trading Dort ever, but, you know, Kuzma's under contract for this year and next year, and that's it. Like, do we really think he's signing as an unrestricted free agent back in Oklahoma City? Probably not. I'm not like anti trading for Kyle Kuzma. I am anti giving up an actual player who I think could, you know, help the Thunder long term in some capacity uh, for for Kuzma. But Evan, imagine all the 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 swag fashion that would <laughs> be upgrade city. It upgrades some, something players. tells me Kuzma wouldn't get the the coverage that he got as a Laker as a member of the Thunder. Lee Fitz is I, always focused on Oklahoma City, though. <laughs> I, I do want to say I've gotten this like anti Dort persona going on. I'm not anti Lou Dort. <laughs> I just have to say it again. I'm not. I'm anti too much Lou Dort offense. And sometimes he tries to do too much on offense that makes me want to pull my hair out. But in general, his defense is crucial to what we do. Um, and I think that's something that would be hard to replace. So I wouldn't necessarily just give Lou Dort up for, for nothing. Sure. Um, but I think if the if if the right trade comes along, I do think you can move him because um, while we would lose him as a, you know, key perimeter defender, you know, when we get Chet back and, you know, a move or two and we have some more interior rim protection, um, I think you can take a little bit of a notch down on the perimeter if you have somebody to protect the rim, which is just something we don't currently have. So I'm not out here saying trade Lou Dort, trade Lou Dort, trade Lou Dort. Um, but still, if the right package came along, I, w- I would do it. I mean, I'm going to tap into some realism here. I really find it very hard to believe that Thunder trade away your very best 30-point-per-game scorer's best friend and neighbor. Um, I just really don't see that happening. And honestly, the Wizards, if they're going to blow it up, they're going to go all in on picks, and I don't think Pressy's going to spend his pick. So realistically, I don't think it would happen. Whether I like it or not, it's not going to happen. So um, I do like the trade. I don't ever think you know, they're going to make a trade of that caliber, especially this early and to Evan's point. That's just not – Presley just wants to see what this team is about. And we haven't even seen it fully healthy, as we mentioned. Yeah. This year alone, that, we've had a lot of injuries. Well, and that's what yeah. I was going to say is I, I think we have to see Dort with mm-hmm. Chet before we can really make any decision on on what they should or shouldn't do. Because 
You know, I, I definitely I, I get it, Jackson, and I'm with you like on the offensive stuff. Like it, it does get frustrating when Lou Dort tries to do too much. Like I'm sure the Thunder are fully aware and realize that. Like I'm sure they're telling Dort that quite often. And I, I know all all, all fans are, are fully aware of Lou Dort's struggles at the rim, all, all of those things. But what if Chet just comes and just demands all of those shots like a great mm-hmm. player does and those shots just aren't there for Dort anymore. Like, I think we need to give Dort a chance to actually have a small role that he's forced into. And then if it's still a problem, if he still is kind of Dylan Brooksing it out there, then uh, I think maybe we revisit and maybe we see where we are with Dort and his fit with this team down the line. And one, uh, the, the Grizzlies haven't had the issue with Dylan Brooks, you know, losing them a ton of games yet. And then two, it doesn't matter if Ludor is missing all those shots whenever you're holding your opponent to 90 points like Chet and Dort will. So <laughs> make, making the 90s basketball cool again. All right. There's yeah, one there's one trade. Oh, go ahead, Jackson. Yeah, I would agree that like Ludor offensively, if he, if he fills the role he needs to, um, then it's not gonna be an issue. I it, it it there's times where he comes out and he looks like he's the only other person on the offense willing to try to create something besides SGA, um, it, hope, it seems Giddy's come around that that's not the situation. So really the biggest issue I have with Lou Dort come when he tries to be the primary creator when SGA is off the floor. And at times, like I said, at times it looks like he's the only one willing to, which is something you have to respect. It's just, it feels like his decision-making with the ball is subpar at best. So that's like, I said, that's where I get my frustrations. But I do think, you know, you put, Dort, you put Chet together and you see what kind of defense we can really have. So, yeah, I don't think we actually need him. There you go. Can't get unmuted. Um, so I'll just I'll just say it this way: it's very hard for me to trade Thunder players because I. this is probably one of my favorite teams. So it's very hard for me to figure out who exactly to trade. So uh, I've got one more. It's kind of the same baseline Kuzma for Dort basically. And then basically your other is Poku for, I'm going to butcher this guy's name. I'm just keeping with the style here. Denny of, of, of Vija. Okay. Denny Avdia for, and Kyle Kuzma for Lou Dort and Poku. Is I mean like I I know we basically had this whole discussion, but like it is is Denny a guy that's just like does that even intrigue anybody, or is that just I don't like, over Sam Presti's dead body. I don't I, I just don't, yeah yeah I don't know I think Poku does incline the Wizards to do it more I think it really does and I think if you attach a second they're really really considering that but uh, does he intrigue me no because he's kind of been like a failed he he was basically a project there and he was like a I don't want to say a failed one because there's still time obviously. But, like, he's not what they wanted him to be. And I don't know if he, – he's just not a guy that I see coming here and having a resurgence like we've seen other guys. So, um, personally, I'm not taking it. And I don't know if I – de- I know definitely probably Presti doesn't just because Poku's his price possession, his favorite guy he's ever drafted probably. Don't quote me. I'm going to say, no, I wouldn't do that trade. Um, I don't know if you guys know, but I have a uh, love-hate relationship with uh, Poku. Like, when we first drafted him, I – didn't want him and all my buddies killed me they're like no no Josh just just give him a chance like I promise he'll be good and I mean he was he was all right his first year but then his second year he just wasn't great and my buddies are like okay yeah we we see why you didn't like him but 
now that he's starting to play really well and I start to like him again and then he gets hurt. So uh, it's like, dang it, Poku. But um, no, I, w- I wouldn't do it. Um, You know, like Cade said, he's Presti's prized possession. Um, Even for Kyle Kuzma, I just don't think it would be a trade that either side would do. Yeah, and for for basically all the same <laughs> reasons that that I said, I I wouldn't do you know anything for Kuzma that involves Dort. Uh, I'm I, even getting uh, Denny Avdia back doesn't uh, doesn't move the needle enough for me. I was looking for this stat for I think this entire conversation. I finally found it. Dort is believe it or not forty five and a half percent from the corners on three this year, twenty five of fifty five. Just keep that man in the corner. I feel like there's some solid volume there too because he's always pulling that defender or not early game in the corner is probably going up. 30, I do understand. 31% above the break. I think we have a clear understanding of where his three should be yeah. coming from. <laughs> exactly. You, you game plan for that. You say, don't move. Do not move. Um, but yeah, it's really hard to like use any other player in trades. And I'm sure Steven runs into this. Like the contracts just don't work for the value of the guys that you're getting. Like if you trade half of our contracts, you're getting a very subpar player for them. Well, and, and that's why I think we, we have to be careful, you know, with, like Jackson said, we can't just trade Dort, you know, for nothing. Tra- not that mm-hmm. they would trade him for nothing, but you just have to be very intentional of what you're trading Dort for because until you start bringing in guys that make some more money, like he is your trade piece to to go get a guy that makes actual money who is probably an actual decent player unless that, you're trading a really big a really big piece like and, and trading away, you know, Giddy plus, you know, other other role players to stack up the money. Even then, Dort probably has to be included unless you have other guys that are not currently on the team, on the team. Yeah, and I read somewhere, I can't remember exactly where, that like when the salary cap increases, his contract will essentially be an MLE and that will become incredibly valuable. That's a great value for a player like Dort. I don't know how true that is, but I did read that somewhere from some cap nerd that is way smarter than I am. So, I mean, if his contract is in the ballpark of an MLE one day, that's insane value and he's even that much more of a trade asset. So I think something that you just hold on to for Hometown hoops. We love cap nerds. <laughs> of course, I, we yeah. love cap nerds. Yeah, I mean that's I. I think I'm not trading Poku. Like, who is Ch- who's Chet supposed to model the game after if we don't have Poku around? Exactly. You gotta ask yourself. Who's gonna mentor? Really, I, I. Yeah, like I said, overpressed his dead body. Um, I. I've watched Danny Avdia enough. He shows flashes, but Poku shows flashes. I don't think that he's you know a giant upgrade. Um, and I think the risk of losing Kuzma in that offseason is one that you can't really afford to give up Luke Dort for nothing. Um, as much as I say I take, you know, a good deal. And, you know, Kuzma would be a good deal to me for this year. But like the, you, you lose Kuzma if you walk in free agency, then mm. you lost Dort for nothing. I, I think that's not worth the risk. Evidently, I think I almost at this point have Josh Giddy shooting 25 shots rather than that be about 15 and having Kuzma come chug shots for us. So I, I really like the idea of Giddy shooting a ton of shots, and that kind of hinders that a little bit. So we are going to do uh, get some, bring in the hot takes. Um, Cage, you've already kind of touched on yours. So uh, – Josh, we'll start with you. Uh, go to Jackson, and then Evan. If you've got one, you can finish it up for us. Okay. Um. Well, I was kind of thinking about this for a while, but um, I know a lot of Thunder fans. Uh, well, 
I think that the Thunder um, actually skip the playing round and make the playoffs full on. Um, I just think that, you know, we're playing really well right now. And um, I mean, I know, yeah, we're going to lose some games here and there, but um, it definitely would not surprise me if we get the plans and just make the playoffs. We're only a game and a half out right now. Um, there's still a lot of basketball to be played. I don't think Sam Presti is going to make any moves before the trade deadline, but um, I like our chances and just think we're getting better. So um, that's my hot take. There's that's two not, two reasons I would talk take. myself that's, into that. That's spicy. That's spicy. And there's two reasons I would ever talk to myself into that. <laughs> One, you get Poku back and uh, JRE and probably Jang somewhere in there. So you get a better roster come the easier schedule. And then two, and it's not necessarily on the easy schedule, but the resilience that Thunder have shown on like big stretches of basketball, back-to-backs and all that, the resilience they've shown is not something you're getting from LeBron who's going to sit out the second half of back-to-back or Anthony Davis who's not even going to play probably either of the games. Or, you know, just look at the other teams. You know, Damon Lillard's probably not playing on the second night of a back-to-back. The Thunder have that resilience and the energy, and they've just shown the res- – like, just overall the resilience on those games of, like, okay, you're going to kick us first, but we're going to we're gonna fight all 48 minutes. You, you don't have the gas for that. So I think that's one reason on an easier schedule that they probably could do that. And it's a very far-off scenario, it feels like. But, you know, I could talk myself into that eventually. Yeah. Um, mine – I'm riding the hype train. Basically, is going to be in the crunch time lineup for the rest of the season. And there's certain games where you get flexible, you know, you play different guys. But the, if he continues playing like this, there's no way he's not in down the stretch. Over he Poku? provides something that – yeah, absolutely over Poku. I, we get to, you get to crunch time. I'm not trusting Poku's decision-making. I'm sorry, I'm not. <laughs> like, when I said Lou Dort, like, is the only other guy willing to try to create offense that – that's because Poku's out. Poku will try to create anything at any time. Um, but that, that's this version of Baisley, if you can get him as playing, like lock him in. And I, I think you're going to see more of it because he's had this long stretch where he hasn't played. And now he's come in and he's figured out, you know, what works and what gets him minutes. I think if you play Bays in that role, it's basically the five. Um, it's not like we have a ton of good options. I don't think Baisley's any worse than JRE or jay will or anybody else that we throw out there you know if he's he has an ability to stretch the floor he can roll darius basically crunch time five i mean like i mentioned it feels kind of like a tryout for his future with this team and what way to show that if chat fouls out when you can come in and play a small ball five other than actually doing it in crunch time game so that would be a fun thing to get a look at going forward Am I up? I've lost track of lost track of our order here. Yeah, you're up. All right. Well, now now I have two because I I have one that I didn't know if it was spicy enough. I think it might be just to just to be a totally counter to to Jackson's take. I think Baisley's gone by the deadline. Deadline's February 9th. I I I don't think he's here past past the trade trade deadline. But I don't think that's that spicy. I think most people probably would expect that. Um, I think Jackson's take was the one that was really actually extremely spicy, and I love it if it happens because that is a definite. Definite Boomtown exclusive, I feel like. Um, number two, I think Shea's going to make first team All-NBA. Like, if he keeps playing how he's playing, like, he he's starting to get that kind of buzz. Like, I I think if – it this is a big if, but, like, if you take this stretch of, of Thunder basketball and you just give them – I don't know. They're playing at, like, a, you know, 60% win clip. They're 10 and 5, you know, 66%. They've won two-thirds of their last 15 games. Just say they go about 500 
and and they win 40 games, 39 games. Shea's averaging 31 points a game. Like that dude's gonna get real buzzed for first team all NBA if he stays healthy because Steph has missed a lot of games. Like what other guard like Jaw, it'd be Steph and Jaw. Like the, that that would be probably the the two main guys at guard. Like I think Shea's got a real shot to, to sneak in there if this team keeps doing what it's doing. Steph's gotta have the games played too. You have to think about that. And I, yeah, Jaws missed quite a bit of time too. Um, I think if you combine all of the takes total, you know, Bays are playing closing minutes and those games are actually successful. Um, we do become a barely sub 500 team. 39 wins gets you in a play in um, in most years. So I think it would again this year. I think it'd be very close and come down to, you know, who won the season series and blah, blah, blah. But I think it'd be a fun thing to look at. Um, if you combine all of them, I think it's hard to leave SGA off the all NBA first team because you're rewarding what winning. He's the driver of a team that has won almost too many games and they should have and doubled the win total that most national media outlets gives them. And also a lot of these guys that are crowning him as all NBA first team level player are guys that are eventually going to be voting for the all NBA teams. And how are you going to say that for midway through the season, then just not follow through with your word. So I think if he continues his play and the Thunder keep up their winning track that they've got going right now, I think it's very hard to leave them off all NBA first team. Yeah. I think if Josh's prediction comes true and we make the playoffs, skip yes. the play in, he's yeah. first team. Yeah, absolutely. If, if we make the play in, I think he's more likely second team um, because I think despite how you know weird the voting rules and things are, I think Luca qualifies as a guard, so he's going to have one spot and that leaves one. And then I think it's hard. You can't – someone could try to argue, I don't know how, that SGA isn't one of the best four guards in the league this year. Um, so I think he, I think he's second team at at minimum. But I, if if we slip into an actual playoff spot and not to play in, I don't know how you keep him off first team. I mean, to j- keep- just just put the playoff spot in the mm-hmm. context. If the Thunder sneak into the sixth seed or whatever, that means one of Denver, Memphis, New Orleans, which not going to be any of them. Let's look at the next three: Sacramento, Dallas, or the Clippers. And that's not even mentioning the Warriors, who are the seven. Like. They'd be finishing ahead of one of those four teams, which would be incredible. Incredible, but it, at some it, and to some extent, that would not shock me though. Like a Kings having a little bit of a shooting fall off and having like a little losing streak would not shock me. The Warriors just not being able to stay healthy wouldn't shock me. Um, the Clippers are the Clippers, and I never have high hopes for the Clippers. I've learned that over my whole entire lifetime. So, uh, it, I, I guess it technically wouldn't shock me, but I don't think it'll happen. Yeah, I mean, in Cage, you know, you mentioned um, us uh, exceeding all expectations. Um, you know, nobody really gave us a chance. Um, John Hollinger, who's probably one of my favorite uh, NBA beat writers, projected us to win only 20 games. And we <laughs> have already, like, yeah, but uh, just, I do think it's crazy how, you know, nobody gave us a chance and the Thunder are, here they are, you know, fighting for a spot in the play-in and only a game and a half outside the actual playoffs. So um, I just can't wait to see how this all unfolds and um, hopefully the Thunder get in. But like I said before, there's a lot of basketball to be played. So, Look, if 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 Josh Giddy is treading water, he got thrown into much deeper water than the other guys that were in that same category of list. Just ridiculous. Just had to – just couldn't let that one slide. That's crazy to me that – yeah, I don't know. He's, he's exceeding – any expectations I had set out for him currently in this last stretch of basketball. And I will say of all of the the national guys that cover the league at whole, which is very impressive to me, Holland just pretty low on my list of people I'm reading or listening to. But uh, just in the season of, of the play-in, I have, I mean, not play-in, uh, trade deadline, I have to mention this. This might be one of my favorite times of the year. And not because I like star movement, 
um, when they force out and it kind of halts the deadline. I don't really like that, but I do love tiny little things like buyout markets and more importantly, like weird little shooters getting traded and making a big impact like the Isaiah Joes, but in a trade deadline scenario, I love watching that. And I would love the Thunder next year or the year after to be in, active on the, in that with our picks, shop them off, you know, get a, a really good shooter that's going to make a difference that season for winning. Mm-hmm. For sure. Well, as we wrap things up, as always, we're going to take a look at the next three games. Uh, we've got uh, tomorrow, the return back home uh, against the Pacers. Then Friday uh, starts the road trip uh, going to Sacramento and then Sunday at Denver. Um, Josh, we'll start with you. Uh, uh We'll kind of make this quick as we're we're going a little bit longer than normal. Uh, what what is your record prediction for the for the next three games? Well, um, last week I predicted that the Thunder would go zero and three, and um, I was dead wrong. They went three and zero. Not too upset about that because the Thunder won. But I mean, you know, hosting Indiana and then going to the Kings and the Nuggets. Um, I think the Thunder go one and two in this uh stretch. Um, I think the Thunder win tomorrow night at home. Then I think they lose to the Kings and the Nuggets. Um, and for my hot take for the Pacers game, I think the Thunder defense shows up and holds Buddy Hield and a Tyrese Halliburton to under 15 points. So, okay. Uh, I just want to go out and mention. So Bobby tweeted last week before the four games. Um, what is our record? I said a brain says two and two, heart says three and one. So. I'm going to give both my what my brain says and what my heart says. So I'm looking at it. I want to say one and two. I feel like you dropped at least two of the games. I might even be the Pacers, though we are four-point favorites, which is wild to me. Um, I'm going to go – my heart says we're going to go two and one and knock off one of the Nuggets or Kings, a team that is better than you. So I'm going to leave that on the table. And I, for really specific prediction, I'm going to go with getting Oxide on 10 points over the span of the three games uh, – 10 three-pointers over the span of three games. So three, three, and four, or whatever that looks like. I just really hope Evan. I'll come to you next, but I just really hope we can beat the Kings so that we so yes. we uh, keep the keep the beam off for for one yes. night. <laughs> I don't want to see the memes. Uh, I think so, Josh. You mentioned Halliburton. Is Halliburton's is he is he back? I think he's out. I think right? he. I think he just recently got healthy. Just recently got healthy. Okay. I think, I think yeah, I, could, I knew he, I couldn't. I thought he was back, but I couldn't exactly remember. Jackson, what'd you say? It's- think he's still out i just checked and it still showed us out but that could be not quite up to date well maybe, if, maybe he's just getting back to play i don't know like if if, if halberton doesn't play against the pacers like it would kind of be very this team to struggle in that game but they should run over the pacers if halberton's not in that game like like halberton is is, is the dude he's out okay so they they should win that game and they should win it like I can bet legally in Kansas, I'm probably taking the Thunder minus four and getting hurt by that line, uh, but I'm taking it anyways. And I'm kind of with Cade. Like, I have no reason to to really say that they're going to go win one of those next two games other than, like, they just seem to keep doing it. Like, they, they go win these games. I just don't I, – I didn't think they're going to beat the Sixers. I didn't think they're going to beat the Bulls. Now, I thought they could beat the Nets uh, with them missing their guys, but – Give them two tough games on the road. It's not a it's not a back to back. You get Wednesday, Friday, Sunday. You get a day off in between all those games. Like, I think they find a way to to steal one of those games. And my way to specific prediction in the Pacers game uh, now, Sands Tyrese Halbert, and I'm gonna say J Dub 
has six steals in that game against a struggling Pacers team without its point guard. Even with TJ McCollum in, TJ McConnell, sorry, TJ McConnell in, he's been very great lately. He had a 25 point first half with perfect shooting, I believe. He did. Um, I think J Dub could literally swallow him with his arms if he wanted to. <laughs> that's so I'm true. hoping that's what happens. That's true. I'm gonna go ahead and I think I go one and two. Um I struggle to see how um we don't beat the Pacers with the way we've been playing. Um but I I think the Kings game is crucial to where we are as a team um, with what we're looking like expectation wise as a fan base, because the Kings are a team that is exceeding expectations. But I think they're a team that we should still be able to beat. So I think that's a crucial game. I don't know that we win it, but um, I'm going to go with one and two. I think that game is very fun. The Kings game. I think there's going to be about 200. I'll, I'll just say 250 points total scored in that game. I think it will be a very fun watch. Triple doubles from both Giddy and Sabonis. That would be amazing. That would that would be a lot of fun. Yeah, um, I'm excited to see um, you know, the Gideon kind of like you said, Cade, the Giddy and uh, Sabonis matchup. Um I love Sabonis, but who is here? Um, but uh just I think that's a really big game. I think there's gonna be a lot of scoring, but I'm excited for that one. Well, I think that's pretty much gonna wrap it up for us this week on the Boomtown Hoops podcast. Uh, once again, you know, obviously, uh, follow us on Twitter and hop in the Discord. Uh, things are getting fun again. It's 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 a good place to come hang out, talk some Thunder basketball, and whatever else too. So, um, for the guys, for Jackson, Evan, Josh, and Cade, I am Stephen. We will talk to you guys next week. Thunder up.